Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I am Gian Lemmy, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chad Simpson. Chad, what was one of the mistakes you've made um, right when you became a, a head coach that now you've corrected it and, and has been better off for it? Well, there's, there's probably a, a lot of mistakes I made early in the, that first year or two, but one of them was that I thought that I could do things all by myself, and I didn't realize how important the coaching team was. You know, for me at, at my school, the admissions coordinator, the athletic trainers, and the strength coach. Yeah, Chad, today's interview is with um, our former strength coach here at Liberty, and now she's a the head strength coach for softball at University of Illinois. Um, and she helps with other sports, but she's mainly with softball. Her name is Katie Guillory. Um, Katie was an impactful uh, part of our program here for several years and definitely helped our program grow, not just physically, but also emotionally and mentally. And we go into that during the interview. Um, coach, this is our first strength and conditioning um, coach that we talked about, but we really wanted to emphasize the importance of having us a, a great support staff around you because as Chet said, you're not alone and you can't do everything um, for your, by yourself and for yourself. And so um, in this interview with Katie, we talked about a little bit about her experience uh, playing in the world, um, in the world series, uh, the college world series in Oklahoma City of softball. Um, when she was there with LSU as a player and how that impacted her life um, and her coaching afterwards. And Katie also gives us some great books to read and to share with our athletes. Coach, we can't wait for it. And here is the interview. Katie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We usually like to start the conversation with asking you what it means to be a Christian coach, but I want to go back to 2012 and your LSU Tigers um, are playing at the College World Series um, in softball. Um, not many teams, not many players get to experience that feeling of playing in the biggest stage of your sport besides the Olympic Games. Um, yeah. How did that feel to you? What were you thinking to yourself or what was the atmosphere within the team when you guys were there? Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm super honored to to um, be a part of this. But uh, to answer your question, again, very loaded question. I'm a firm believer things are not always black and white the more I, I am or the longer I'm on this earth. But um, God, it super surreal still to this day. Um, I don't know if you can see in, in the background. I think that ring right there <laughs> is a World Series ring. Um, so I keep it in my office every day for me to kind of be able to reflect and, and see where, where I've come from, how far I've come and, and where I'm at. And, um, you know, I'm a firm believer in where you've come from will continue to guide you where you go. And um, I'm very grateful for opportunities that I've been given. Um, for our team at that year, at that point in time, understand we had a brand new coaching staff. Um, so they were first year on staff and it was, that's what made it so surreal. Um, I mean, besides for just being hyped, being pumped, um, just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, in our heads all the time. Um, you also come with a sense of, of humble confidence, I think, knowing that we were the underdog going in. We were not picked to win regional and we won, um, not at our site. 
we were not picked to win Super Regional, and we won, again, not at our site. Um, when we packed our bags for Super Regionals, we packed it for a week and a half because from there, um, once we won, which we were fully prepared to do, we would fly straight to Oklahoma City for the World Series. Um, and our coaches knew it, and we knew it, and it was just, it was believed that there was no other way. It was a pack for a week and a half, and like, we're, we're not coming back here. We're going to go straight there. We know. So we were confident in that. Um, we worked our tail off. So all year, our theme for that year was whatever it takes. And um, it was whatever you wanted it to be. Um, it could change on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis, but we knew what our end goal was. Um, and every single week or um, every practice, we had an opportunity to earn a puzzle piece that would eventually show us what it is, what the main theme was. Um, and it worked out perfectly that before we left to go to our trip to Super Regionals, the last puzzle piece was in. Um, and it was a picture of our World Series rings. Um, and, you know, it was a, a great ending to the story that came down to, you know, the last out. And um, I specifically remember in Super Regionals, after we won, you know, we all made a dog pile of the pitcher's mound. And I looked at our coaches after doing that, and I saw all three of them sitting on a bench with their heads down. And they were thanking God in that moment that they had showed up, worked their tails off to be great coaches, um, to teach our team how to be great, be good humans, just work when you didn't feel like it, when the time wasn't right, when it was early, when it was late, just show up and work. Um, and that was a moment where they realized that it, it all paid off and it was just a, a very surreal moment. So um, getting to the World Series and being in front of thousands of fans and, um, you know, you have interviews and, you know, cameras all over you. And it was just um, very, I think the coaches made a very good focus for us to to stay within ourselves and not worry about the crowd, not worry about where we are, not worry about the big stage, not worry about your opponent. Um, and that's just what we did, you know, and it was, uh, again, a very uh, surreal moment. Yeah, well, Thanks for sharing that. I think it's always neat to hear people's experience when they're at the highest level of their sport, you know? Yep. Um, and not to mention we had, my whole family was there, but we had tons of tons of people there um, to the point where I think we had more tailgaters, which is no surprise, <laughs> LSU than any other school. Um, and they had to find extra parking lots because we had so many people <laughs> just cooking gumbos and jambalayas and, you know, just like, what are these, what are these people doing? You know, who are they and what are they, they cooking? So, um, it was it was a good time that we got to spend with them as well. Well, now now you are at um, Illinois, yep. working mainly with softball. Yep. Give us a little bit of the backstory of how you went you went from the College World Series in 2012 now to 2020 at Illinois. Um, so I actually right out of college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Believe it or not, um, I interned at a private sector place called Traction uh, in Baton Rouge. Eventually got hired on there, um, was making bare minimal money, um, which is to be expected in our field. Like if you want to make it, you got to suffer a little bit. And um, I real like I loved what I did. Um, it just wouldn't pay the bills. And my parents were pretty firm on, hey, you graduate, you know, like you're on your own. Uh, we'll parenting. help you in dire need. But a good again, being good parents, just saying like you're in the real world, you're an adult. Congratulations but you're on your own. Yeah. Um, so I wanted up picking up, uh, I reached back out to our teacher, one of my professors at LSU and uh, said, Hey, I'm looking for any job basically right now to, to pay the bills. And um, 
and my whole family was in the hospital. They're all in all the medical fields back in, in Louisiana and Lafayette. And um, I was like, well, maybe this is a, a change. Maybe it's a calling. This is what I need to do. Um, she found me a job in the hospital, cardiovascular center, um, worked for four or five months there and realized like, this is not what I want to do. Um, my supervisor, everybody was saying how great of a job that I've done, all this kind of stuff. Um, kind of pitched, hey, well, if I'm doing such great of a job and I'm like co-managers of these two departments, I've been here less than six months, you know, can, what can you do for me pay-wise? Um, and without a master's degree, they just couldn't do anything. Um, so rightfully so, we left on a, on a good note and uh, I was there for a year and a half, realized for that next year, basically, that I wanted to save up money and I wanted to get my master's degree. And um, I knew that I wanted to go back to to training. I was still doing some training on the side, um, doing a lot of like hitting clinics and, and slapping clinics still with LSU uh, softball coaches at the time, um, was also coaching a travel ball team for, for summer ball um, based out of New Orleans. So I was traveling a lot with them. Um, yeah, just trying to make ends neat, but also keep my, my foot in the door. So um, realized I wanted to save up, started studying for my GRE, looking at colleges and things like that. And um, uh, Liberty just kind of fell on my lap. Um, the assistant coach or the pitching coach, Paige Cassidy, and I have known each other for a long time. She's helped work camps um, at LSU. And, and she ironically reached out to me uh, that summer of 2013, I think, 14, 13, 14. And she was like, hey, are you okay? And I was like, I just felt stuck in my life. Like, I, I know I want to get back to school, finish my graduate degree, or, or start it, essentially. Um, but I, I really don't know where to go. Just trying to save up money right now. And, and then um, uh, going to study for my CSCS certification as well. Um, and then she called me Halloween night and was like, hey, you're not going to believe this, but our, our GA just left here. Like, do you want to put your name in the pot? And so on and so forth. Um, that kind of worked out as, as is. I'd never come on an official interview at Liberty. I just spoke on the phone to, to Coach Bo Gillespie, Coach Williams, um, and then basically said, hey, can you start like January 2nd? And I said, I'll be there. And I packed up my life and, and came there and then uh, was there for about four years, two as a GA, two as full-time. And then uh, wasn't actively looking. And then this job kind of fell in my lap. And I felt like it was the right time. Um, again, some uh, alumni that I've known from LSU. Um, so I kind of had some people that I, I knew coming into this. And so it made it a little bit easier. Um, it is closer to home, believe it or not. So <laughs> that's another step in the, in the right direction to, to be closer to Louisiana. And um, yeah, just wanted to see what it was like to be Kind of back in the power five now that I had, I'd been there as a player um, helped develop Liberty and, and that helped develop me in turn. And then um, now I, you know, I want to continue to develop us on the right track and it was a great opportunity to advance um, my coaching career in softball, essentially um, along with some other sports, but you know, softball is always going to be my, my baby. So <laughs> um, you, you didn't mention you, you, you went to Liberty and you were there for four years. Um, yep. We know, I know being here as well, that the mission is to train champions for Christ. Yep. And I think also that bleeds into the staff where the higher ups in the staff are always training their own staff members, support staff yep. to be champions for Christ whenever they leave the program and go somewhere else. How did your faith change from the moment you got to Liberty to now where you are, where you got a little bit of training at a Christian school and now you're at a power five school? How yep. did that, how did that change? 
coming to a secular school is, is, is different. Um, and and I, I knew that coming in. Um, I knew it would be tougher, uh, but our, believe it or not, our, our FCA girl back at um, LSU, Marla Stroop um, and Annie Stroop, awesome couple, awesome people, um, helped really kind of guide to, to me being saved, essentially. Um, still a mentor of mine, both of them. Um, they heard that I was coming here, and they immediately gave me the name um, of the head FCA girl here, um, Sarah Hurst. So I immediately got hooked up with her um, and basically just used that to help create like, hey, I'm not going to show up and tell everybody, hey, I'm a Christian. This is who I am. I want them to be able to see that in my daily life. I want them to be able to um, say, Hi, hey, why does why do you not curse at us? Why do you not um, demean us and other coaches have in the past? Like I want to open up doorways for that conversation to happen authentically. Um, I don't want that to be planned and I don't want to leave with that because at the end of the day, I want them to um, love me and respect me as a person, as a coach for, for who I am, not who I say that I am. I think that's a big difference. So um, obviously, you know, going to Liberty and, and convocation and, and Bible studies and all that. And, and that's fantastic. I think it almost gets too easy there where, it was easy for me to say no, because there's just another opportunity the next day, you know, to, to go to a Bible study or invest your time in, in something or someone uh, from a Christian side of things. But, but here it's more, it, it's in smaller fragments, everyday life. So what do you choose in the morning to devote yourself to, you know, um, is it going to be your phone or is it going to be a, a devotional? Um, what do you choose to read? Again, is it going to be something on your computer or is it going to be, you know, something in the Bible? Um, and I think those are moments that are, are special where I can work those in and, and intertwine. Um, and I still give back to a lot of, a lot of our student athletes who are now involved in FCA and different churches around the country. Um, I sponsor them. I support them. Um, I'm on their, their um, support team, I guess you could say. Um, so still being able to not, not directly mentor them, but be a part of their success and their story um, is awesome to be a part of. And I would not have those um, as in-depth as I have if it was not for my connection at LSU and then me just going to Liberty and being a part of, of those great cultures. Yeah. Um, what is the definition of a Christian coach to you when you hear those words now that you've had experience coaching at a secular school and at Christian school? Um, I would say it really comes down to, to two things. Um, battles are a blessing and then grow through what you go through so and that goes for me as well so sometimes I'm, I'm guilty of getting caught up in this high-paced world um, of high stress competition especially now um, there's there's a lot of stress to to be great and and win and compete and um, but I think it's, it's again, not as black and white. There's a lot that goes into that. And I think if you can show that no matter what, that you show gratitude and that you're, you're blessed to, to be stressed, essentially, I say that all the time to our athletes, oh, I'm so stressed. And I'm just like, you're blessed to be stressed. Let's go like, get after it. Let's work. You know, um, everybody's going through something and just letting them know that I, I'm, I'm here to care about you as a, as a human first. And it, again, if I can show that through different ways other than just my, my voice, I feel like 
that's a win on the day. So uh, especially in the field of athletics, I, I think, again, blessings um, or blessings are, are in the battles and then grow through what you go through. Yeah. Um, you've experienced a lot of success as a player, as a coach. Um, you are an incredible part of our program as you grew the program for those four years here at Liberty. Um, I believe some of the girls are still recovering emotionally from when you left. Um, and, (laughs) um, but how, how do you define success now as you've been through all these places, you've experienced success at all levels as a player, as a coach, what is your definition of success? To be a better version of yourself every day. Okay. And it's, it's definitely not easy. Um, but I, I have this sticky note on my computer that I look at every day um, and I'll read it to you. And if you believe for the rest of your life that you are worthless, it will be very hard for you to worship a God who thought you were worth dying for. So develop your view of God through you. Um, so I think that comes down to, to self-worth. Um, and if you don't feel worthy, that's a bigger problem than what's happening on the field. Um, and I say that because I've dealt with that my whole life um, or struggle with that my whole life. So again, if you can feel like you have worth on the field, regardless of whether you have game success, regardless of whether you have um, goal success, let's say that's something outside of, of sport um, or just life success. Like if you feel that you are worth something and you are worthy of success of being loved, um, then that will set you up to even be successful. So a lot of our kids, what I've noticed common in theme is that a lot of kids who were not successful, let's talk about sport for a second, who are not successful in their sport, don't feel like they are worthy enough to be successful. And then that thought goes to a, a emotion, emotion affects performance, and then they're not motivated to continue to work hard to put themselves in a position for success. So what I, knowing that, that trickle effect, my approach to that is just get up, no matter the day, do the work, and it'll eventually all come. Um, do the work, and then that way you build self-confidence, you build self-confidence, you build self-worthiness, build self-worthiness, and then um, the chance of you succeeding in your sport um, is a lot better. But I think that comes down to, to looking yourself in the mirror and knowing and being honest with yourself that I did my best today, you know, yeah. and some days... Uh, that's going to be subpar other days it's going to be awesome days but did you take a step forward um and if you can do that consecutively i mean you're taking a lot more steps forward than you are back to me that is success yeah um, but you have to grind through some things to be able to do that because you're not always going to feel motivated yeah my the one thing i want my players to know when they leave my program is that their identity is not connected to their performance you know i think that's big key um that I want them to leave knowing. Um, I think yeah. some, even today's society, teenagers, they're like, oh, I am a four-star recruit or yeah. I bat 500, you know? And that does not mean. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not who you are. Correct. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, thanks for sharing that. Appreciate it. Um, you did mention about reading and pouring yourself into books um, to start your day the right way or finish the day the right way to fill yourself up so you can pour into your student athletes. What are some of those books that you've read in the past that help you, that always come back to mind when you're talking to student athletes or recommending books to other coaches? 
when I was an athlete, the best book, and I believe we've, we've read this book together, The Mind Gym. That was one of the best um, books as a collegiate athlete that kind of helped me through understanding there's more to just a physicality. Um, there's, a, you know, your mind, body, your soul, you got to take care of all three. Um, after that, post-graduation, uh, one of my old coaches at LSU gave me a book called Soul Cravings. Um, absolute one of the best books that I've read that I continue to go back to, um, for so many things. So it's the only book in my life that I've read more than twice. And I continue, it's as far as nightstand. I continue to go back through it. Um, when I have athletes who I know are going through something tough, something real, um, something that they're really struggling through, I just sift back through that book. And it always, always leads me to, um, just understanding like mind body connection, soul, how we're meant for relationships and communication as humans. Um, and, and it's a lot of not biblical references, but it is a lot of, um, just about your soul and how to connect that, you know, and, and, um, just, just being a good human. And I think that goes so far with understanding who you are. And again, back to identity, if, if you want to go there, but, um, soul cravings for sure. Yeah, for sure. I think it's by Erwin Raphael McManus. Yep. Okay. So I've recommended it to some athletes. Um, I've read stuff to athletes from that book. So it's been really good to me. And, and I, it's one book that I'll continue to recommend. Yeah. Um, I got to experience firsthand here at Liberty, how you grew very close to the players while still maintaining the level of respect that they're not your best buddies. You know, they're yeah. still respecting you, but they looked up to you as a role model. Um, could you share some of the strategies, like physical strategies that people could implement on a regular basis that you did it and you probably still do with your athletes at Illinois? Um, how you're able to grow that connection without just merging into the friendship zone? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, I would say I am here to, how did I word this one time? Um, Cause we had an intern who asked about this like two years ago. Um, it is okay to develop a friendship with an athlete, but never at the expense of their development. So with that being said, perfect examples, um, knowing your own personal standard and expectations as a coach, holding them to that no matter what, but at the same time, having enough empathetic, um, having, having an empathetic vision enough to meet them halfway. So every year that I get older, okay, the age of the athletes come through will not change 18 to 21. Yeah. So as that gap continues to get bigger, um, I have to do a better job of understanding new athletes. And right now we're obviously on, on generation Z. So doing a better job of almost researching what, um, what makes them tick, what motivates them, what gives them anxiety, what are their biggest fears, what are they worried about? Um, and we know, you know, recently technology um, is, a, is a huge thing. And un using that in the back of my mind to help relate to them, but also say, hey, I know where you're at, but I need more from you. Um, and if, if they don't like being pushed hard, then they will not like me. 
Um, I, I'm, I'm reasonable. I'm empathetic, but at the same time, um, I want you to know that, that I care about you as a human. I'm here to take care of you first and foremost, make sure you have the best experience possible while you're at whichever university that, that I'm at, but knowing that that comes with a price. So you sign the papers to play here. You decided to make that decision. This is what comes with that contract. Um, and the expectations are high and I will hold you to that. Um, and no matter what, whether you come in, what you feel like, um, I, I may ask you, but at the end of the day, like work, there's still work that needs to be done. So we're still going to do that. The way we go about that may be a little bit different, um, depending on different situations. Um, sometimes I, I may alter or modify with you. Other times it may just be, Hey, we got to suck it up today and we got to go. Um, and then I can make that choice or, or make a better educated decision on the back end, um, to, to help them out. But, um, I think showing up and, and, and caring. So, um, you were with me when I was reading leaders eat last, um, again, I don't want to say be the first one in the building, last one to leave, but, um, you know, serving them, you know, helping them pack their bags on the bus, helping them take it off, um, helping distribute food when it's necessary, help cleaning up. Um, all those things are just acts of, of service that shows them that, Hey, I, I like, I'm care. I care. I'm here with you through the good times, through the bad. Um, and especially in a situation like you guys, I know there was no female coaches. Um, so that I, I know female athletes, you know, they, they might not always open up to male coaches. So I always kept that in the back of my mind um, of letting them know that I'm continually a, a, a trusted resource. Um, not that I would wrap them out to you guys. Um, but again, if, they, if it was small talk or they needed advice on something that they can come to me. Um, and sometimes if that's overboard, I, I'll let them know, hey, that's none of my business. Um, or, hey, this is this crossed the line. Or, hey, like you you need to take care of this. If you're a captain or you're a leader, um, or if you want to be a good teammate, here's what you need to do, you know, and kind of let them do the work. I can't, I, I can lead a horse to water, but I can't make them drink. So um, helping guide the way for them and showing them, hey, this is the, the, the path that we're going to get to. I will help you, but you have to, you have to meet me halfway. You know, you have to put in the effort and the, and the work and the focus uh, along with that. So, uh, but then again, it comes with like having fun with them, you know, so I remember after Evange was, was done playing, um, it was a match that I went to, got over with, um, and then we stayed and, you know, hit some shots on the court, you know, um, and that was just good times for me to just connect with the kids, you know, um, and that's me getting out of my comfort zone, but also in the back of my head, yes, it's fun. Yes, I'm connecting with them, but I'm also learning more about the sport. Like, so I'm also educating myself on positions for forehands, positions for backhands, um, what it feels like to volley, things like that, that um, I've never gotten to experience. So it's just a win-win for all. Um, and again, as long as it doesn't um, ever interfere with, with their development as, as a player and as a person, then um, I think that's worthy. Kitty, thank you so much for taking the time and uh, going really in depth on those answers. I've been taking lots of notes. Um, yeah, can't wait to share. <laughs> no, no, you did a great job. Um, we like to finish it with a prayer. And I want to ask you, what, um, what can we be praying for you? Um, for me personally, I, I would say to continue to help guide these kids through a, a world driven by anxiety and, and, um, and fear that's not necessary. Um, so I think comfort, 
um, and, and humble confidence for sure. All right. Let me finish on prayer real quick. Okay. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for Katie and her selfless attitude towards guiding uh, young student athletes to, to, to a life that will better honor you, Lord. I pray that um, you, you be with her, uh, give her the guidance necessary to, to instill knowledge into her, into her so that she can instill knowledge into her players and help her guide those players through a world of uncertainty, full of anxiety, um, Lord, that, that you'll be a rock to her so she can be a rock to, to the people that she comes in contact with. Lord, thank you for placing her in a Power 5 school where she can make an impact for your kingdom. You're in my prayer. Amen. Awesome interview. Thanks to Katie for sharing that with us. And I grew up just about 45 minutes from Champaign, Illinois, and a big Fighting Illini fan. Um, so now I'm excited to watch the, the softball program to see uh, how Katie impacts that program. But the, my favorite quote from that interview, Gian, was she said, grow through what you go through. And uh, I just love that. Um, I've appreciated picking up all these little um, quotes and, and rhymes that so many coaches uh, have. And that's just one more for me to add into my, my notebook. Yeah, that's so important, Chad. Um, she also, that goes in hand in hand with what she said about the generational gaps that we have between the coaches and, and the players. And it's getting bigger and bigger every year. And, I, you know, she, she's done a great job of, of professional developing herself in such a way that she's been able to close that gap and relate to athletes and serve them not just as a strength coach, but as an emotional coach, as, as a, um, a, a social coach and, and really pouring her life into her athletes so they can be better, better off after college as well. We're so thankful for Katie. She was such a big part of our program here at Liberty and we wish her all the best at Illinois. And coach, just like Katie, when she moved from Liberty, her ministry changed. Sometimes you don't have to move in order for you to start your ministry. The ministry can be right where you're at.